Good morning. It's Wednesday, April 29th. I'm so glad you're reading through the Bible in a year that is so important. And I'm just here to give you a little motivation every morning to get you into God's Word. And today I want to remind you what we're reading or give you a sense of what we're reading in 2 Samuel chapters 21 and 22. That's our Old Testament reading. Starts off by telling us there's a three-year famine going on. Just think about that. We read those sentences so quickly, but what an, um, just a disruptive issue that was, a famine for three years. And uh, David's looking at all the injustice in the past to find out what's the connection. Why would God be withholding rain on the land? And he comes to the conclusion that because of uh, Saul, his predecessors, breaking of the oath and the covenant with Gibeon, that that needed to be atoned for. There needed to be a fixing and a writing of that. And so he, as the chief judicial person in the land, as a monarch of the kingdom, says, we're going to make this right. Saul had killed all those innocent people in Gibeon, so his sons are going to pay the price and his descendants are going to be killed, the innocent, quote-unquote, sons of Saul. And so David executes Saul's family. I mean, it's a disturbing scene, uh, but think about all that's going on here and it's given to us without comment without divine comment but we have the facts of what happened here and uh, David you remember uh, spares Mephibosheth because of the covenant he made the commitment he made uh, to spare Jonathan's son and um, that Mephibosheth the paralytic that is there eating at the king's table and being cared for uh, he does not uh, execute him David then goes on at the end of chapter 21 to war with the Philistines. And then in chapters 20, chapter 22, there's that song of praise that if you note in your uh, cross-references, this is basically a recapturing of Psalm 18. He retells that psalm. It's a recording almost identical uh, in many sections of it of Psalm 18. God is credited with David's victories after that battle with the Philistines and really all the battles that David fights. He's uh, looking at this from a biblical perspective that God is the God who grants us life and breath and everything else and anything good uh, in terms of sparing our life or doing what is right or executing justice comes from God. Our New Testament readings in Luke chapter 22, we see the jealous and cowardly leaders seeking to kill Christ. Uh, they're cowardly because of they're, they're afraid of what might happen because of the crowd if they do the kinds of things they want to do to execute Christ, and yet they're delivering him up and wanting him to die because of envy. They see this great mass of people following Jesus, some for the right reasons, some for the wrong reasons. Nevertheless, they want to kill him. So they get Judas, as you know, in the very famous betrayal of Judas, and they pay him the money. Uh, the Lord's Supper is instituted in this passage. Read these sections slowly, maybe even with a pause and a prayer between each section to remember how each of these elements is so critically important, not only to learn from, but for us to follow as he institutes the Lord's Supper as the uh, memorial of the new covenant that is initiated in the blood of Christ. Uh, then he speaks there at the end, a very practical section that greatness is measured by servanthood, uh, not by lording authority over other people. So uh, it's a great section of scripture, so much for us to learn in Luke 22 and 2 Samuel 21 and 22. Our one another for the day as we continue through some of these love one another sections. This one's from uh, John 13, 34. And we looked at the command to love one another many times. We even looked at the fact that it's a new commandment that's measured by loving according to the measure of Christ, not the measure of loving ourselves. But he goes on to say in verse 35, and we've not hit on this yet, but I want to emphasize this today, that our one another is to love one another. I put it this way, as an evangelistic statement. Love one another is an evangelistic statement. The Bible's very clear. By this, loving each other, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So I want you to think about 
the kind of displays that can't just be affection just concealed in your heart, but the kind of things that you do to go out of your way to sacrifice, to be generous, to be magnanimous and kind to those in the body of Christ, that the non-Christian looks at you, looks at your connection with other Christians and says, wow, that, that's an amazing you know, kind of love and dedication they have to one another. The kind of mutual support they have, the kind of peace they have because they know they're part of a network that cares and is concerned and is security in their lives. They find significance in serving in the church. I want the non-Christian to look at us and see the love we have for one another in our relationships and have that kind of that uh, clear distinction between what the rest of the world does in their relationships and really makes them thirsty to know the Christ uh, who has commanded us to do this. So love one another as a evangelistic statement to the lost world and that'll be a good thing for you to do to concentrate on loving one another today so be sure to comment maybe there's something in this passage that has struck you love for you to share it there on the comments and encourage one another through our bible reading every day we'll be back tomorrow with more on our daily bible reading